Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence in your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we've moved through that huge full moon lunar eclipse and now in the releasing phase of the cycle, the letting go. We're still in Mercury retrograde, so a time to definitely review your actions and cut those old cords. We've just moved into the sun side of Gemini, some unique, adventurous, and maybe even some trickster energy. Ruled by Mercury, Gemini energy can move very fast, so if you aren't grounding yourself, it could make you feel like your head is spinning. It's a good time to connect with your breath, to find your center, and ground yourself with Mother Earth. Knowing your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit is so valuable at this time. And that's where the rites come in to help you move through all this stuff. Rites being Reiki, intuition, tarot, EFT, and stones and crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can help add inspiration, amusement, and joy. It can free you from all the stress that is going on in the world. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the Week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on, we align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. Join me or catch the replay. As we move through all these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When we work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff. Links will be in the show notes. When you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. If you're a strong, passionate person, ready to take charge of your life and let go of the stories running around inside of your head, let's talk. Let's talk about my Empowered Spirit private mentoring program. Warning, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. Side effects, yes, you may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you've always wanted to be. My Empowered Spirit Program can help you upgrade your spiritual path. You'll learn lots of energy tools, techniques, ways to center your energy, ways to raise your vibration, and ways to release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Now is a great time to jumpstart your spiritual practice. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how these programs can help you. 
In today's episode, I speak with Salem Green, a poet, a healing artist, founder of the Literary Healing Arts, and overall a loving and inspiring woman. We had such a great chat. I knew her work was amazing, but I had no idea of all that she does. And what a perfect follow-up to last week's episode with C. Vaughn and Rachel from Riot Material. Art, word, and thought. We talked about creativity, writing hurts, yet it heals, judgment, how people think they can't write, writing as an outlet, how it can reduce stress, how it can enhance your own awakening, reflection, noticing your emotions, and the creativity of your soul that comes forward, and all the many creative ways to allow the spirit to realign through words. Before we begin, let's take a moment to pause, to center, and set an intention for where you are right now. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes. Taking a nice deep inhale, bringing the breath all the way up the body. And exhale, sending the breath all the way down, centering, grounding your energy with Mother Earth. Inhaling. And exhaling. Inhaling as you call in your spirit. Feel your energy coming in to you, affirming my spirit. Exhaling right into the heart. Feel that connection with the greater source, creator, spirit. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. As we go to create this beautiful space, we call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, calling in your own spirit guides. Feel this energy all around you. As you take another deep inhale and exhale, feeling that connection as you ground and center your energy. Taking a moment and noticing where you are. Here we are in the season of spring. As I teach in the medicine wheel, we find ourselves in the direction of the east where the sun rises each and every day. Taking a moment Feeling the sun on your face, feeling those new beginnings and that inspiration to begin again. Setting an intention deep into your heart for this season of new beginnings. Allow yourself to feel, to hear, to see, to know these intentions coming in for you. How does this make you feel? Notice those elevated emotions that come forward. The joy, the peace, the love, the abundance. And allow this to radiate out through your heart, setting your energy all around you. Taking another deep inhale and exhale. Grounding, centering, bringing your awareness back 
coming back. So my guest today, Salem Green, is a master healer, creator of What Black Women Want You to Know, and founder of Literary Healing Arts, where she supports individuals and organizations in using writing, poetry, and storytelling to reclaim their voices and transform their lives. In her work as an advocate for racial justice, she has spoken at the United Nations and facilitated and trained hundreds of leaders throughout the South, including through the Selma Center for Nonviolence, Truth and Reconciliation, and UAB Institute for Arts and Medicine. She is certified practitioner and trainer for the Kellogg Foundation's Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Process, a former Reimagining Justice and Women's Policy Fellow, and a Community Village Awardee for Gender Justice Work in the South. So let us welcome Salem to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Terry. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I have wanted to have you here for several years. I really have. Ever since I first saw you at TEDx Birmingham, I was the one standing up in the crowd going, <laughs> yes, yes. You had you had something. It was beautiful, beautiful spoken word, beautiful, beautiful offering. But you said something to the, you can correct me, something right. to the line of, I'm not a Southern belle, but a rebel. Yes, yes, yes. I am. No, Southern Belle, I came here to rebel. Yeah, we are rebels, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. we are rebels. And you know what? I left Birmingham in the 70s. I did, all right? I was born white, Jewish, very secluded, very just kept in my own little community and had the opportunity to leave the South for education, and I took it. And I just always felt like I'm not this Southern Belle. I'm not this one that was brought up to be this way. And so when I came back to Birmingham and heard you say that, it's like, yes, I can so relate. I definitely can. So what led you? Let's just take a moment back up a little bit. What led you to even finding the spoken word or poetry and writing? What led you to that? Oh, wow. So it's it's a crazy ride. So, of course, I grew up in uh, Alabama, lived here all my life, and I went a traditional route towards profession. So I always was the little girl who sat under the tree who used her imagination, who was always just writing with a journal or writing uh, with a pen in their hand. But I remember my mother, who's a school teacher, always saying, you know, being a writer, you might not necessarily make any money. So you might want to go into some other kind of <laughs> field. Right. And so I went into the money making field of teaching. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> money making sort of, field of teaching. Right. Yeah. Right. Versus writing. And so I was an educator for 15 years. I have a master's in early childhood education. So I forged a path towards administration here in Alabama and really had a great career doing that. But it wasn't until I went through a devastating kind of time in my life, a trauma, went through a divorce, lost a whole lot of things materialistically and physically and socially and emotionally. I guess you could call it, I had my own spiritual awakening or my consciousness just, you know, yep. came into the trauma. 
And I found writing again. I, I sat on this lady's red couch here in Birmingham at Lucy's at the time. It was a women writing for change class that a lot of people have went through and gone through if you're in Birmingham. And I sat on her red couch and I began to write myself back together again. It was um, maybe two to three years. And I said, you know, I think I want to take this red couch out to other women like myself. Like there has to be other women with this, um, you know, we have this like imagination and aptitude for healing, but want to find creative ways to allow their spirits to realign with themselves. So that's kind of how I found poetry. I was sitting there with other women and they were like, oh, you're a poet. You're a poet. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and I had no idea it would take me in so many different spaces and different places. It was actually on Lucy's Red Couch where I wrote uh, that TEDx poem where I was just you know, pulling my hair out, like, I've got this opportunity to do this TEDx spoken word. I don't know what I'm going to write. And that's where I'm not a Southern belle. I came here to rebel. That's where it was birthed. Yeah, that is just awesome. That is so awesome. And I love what you said, write myself back together. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. Writing is such a beautiful medium. It really is. And just sitting down and expressing ourselves and we use it in so many different ways, but to really allow it to have that healing capacity. You know, it's so important that journaling It's like, otherwise we keep so much up in our head, you know, good thoughts, bad thoughts, especially those like kind of like those churning thoughts, those, those ones that keep at us, they keep going and going and going and going. So even just the act of writing and pulling it out of the mind and pulling it and putting it on paper is so powerful. It really is. Yeah. Yes. It shifts that energy, you know, that energy, uh, that, that we may have towards negative self-talk or that energy towards ruminating or that energy towards, it could be joy, it could be anything, but it gives us an outlet, a space to kind of reduce the stress, enhance our own awakening with our own spiritual sense of who we are, and then helps us kind of just move through that energy. And we use writing, you know, kind of as that physical tool of the pen and the hand that goes on the piece of paper. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I find even now that I have to like handwrite stuff and then I can put it in the computer. Yeah. If I start with sometimes on the computer, especially in the creative process, like I just can't get there. When I wrote the tarot deck, I did this project last year, I wrote my own tarot deck and I had an illustrator. So I was writing how I wanted it, but I had to put it in paper first. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I had to do that. Do you notice that happens for you? Or are you proficient at both? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, we become proficient at both in order to meet deadlines. Right. But I am the I am most definitely the handwriter. All my poems, all my essays uh, comes straight out of my head to a sheet of paper in a journal that I can never find when it's time to find it, where I am just writing all the time. If I don't write it down beforehand, then like you're saying, I'm not able to access that creative part of me as easily as I am once I write it down. I'm also the one that just writes it down and reads it and goes back and write it down and read it again and reflect on it before I actually go and type it or before I go to the computer. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think there is something to be said about actually physically writing it. I think it's so important. I know I learn that way too. And I write stuff down, take my notes and keep writing, writing, writing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So now you have a company called the Literary Healing Arts. Tell us about that. Yes. So I started Literary Healing Arts maybe in 2016. So I went through this program here, if you're in Birmingham, called Create uh, Birmingham. Yay. Yay. I love, I love the co-starters of great Birmingham. So when oh. did you go through that? Maybe it was 2016. Maybe it was right around 2016 when I went through, you know, yeah. and co-starters, one of those things like every, 
everybody you'll probably meet here in Birmingham or in the surrounding spaces have some has either gone through co-starters or no are wanting to go through co-starters. So it's a whole lot of great graduates. But in 2016, I went through co-starters. And I think I just had a friend kind of like, this may be something you're interested in. And I went and I sat around the little table and I didn't know anything about business. And like, I'm not sure. I was just coming out of uh, my early childhood career thinking of what's next, while at the same time healing through the traumas, some traumas and those kinds of things. And as I was sitting around that table, I just thought a creative business, you know, and literary healing arts was birthed or was born, born, you know, when I was filling out my little uh, co-starters, um, you know, avatar. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this could be or what this could look like or what person, you know, I may be able to serve and support. And so I love that. I knew- who was your facilitator? Brooke Fleming was my facilitator. Okay, so Brooke. Yeah. yeah, head Pierce, yeah. Scott Pierce. And then Buddy was running it. And that's where I met Jessica. Just to give them a shout out. And again, if you're listening, you're not familiar with co-starters and you want to start a business. And especially if you're a creator, definitely check it out. I think they just started. And by the way, this is actually a national program that came to Birmingham from Chattanooga. But it is so worth it. Like you said, like you had an idea and now here you are. They helped you to really get that going. So you actually established your your business while you're while you were going through the course. Yes. At, while I was going through the Love course, um, I was there really just to just figure myself out. I was like, hey, this is another thing. Let me see what it is. I didn't have any attachment to it. But as I was going through the course, that's where I figured out what this business could be, literary healing arts. And of course, I had this big, grandiose idea, which create <laughs> co-starters kind of helps you to meter it down. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do all these things in the world. But it really came to just me doing poetry and helping other people to use poetry and creative writing as an expressive tool for themselves. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's such a great program. So then it actually helps you to see where you're going, how to do all the aspects of it. So then it was born. Yeah, it was born. Yes, it was born. And I began uh, and, you know, with co-starters, got a lot of support and resources and help. I tell people every person they brought in co-starters from the accountant to the lawyer to the person who was making, you know, a product I reached out to and had coffee with and just asked them, how can I get started? How did you get started? Just formulated the a network through uh, co-starters in order to help support me move into the next space. Even if it wasn't a like-minded business, I knew that I could really gather from the heart of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Is that where you met Jackie? Did you meet Jackie one degree? Yes. That's where I met Jackie through co-starters. Yes. 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 yes, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's me too. I love it. I was in 20, I think I was in 2017. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, there we were two were early groups on. going on. Yeah, <laughs> I was in, I think, 2017. Yeah, and it was such a great group, such a great networking, as you said, for sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so many great resources. So now you've got this idea. Now you've actually got your business started. So tell us a little bit of, of how you apply writing and poetry into your business and helping others. Yeah, so it's all, it's really kind of all organic. <laughs> when I tell people, I work with individuals, organizations, and small groups helping them use their voices or use their stories or use their business stories to heal their lives or the lives of the people that they are going to be interacting with or wanting to interact with. And so I always knew that for me, you know, creative writing and poetry was a way that I got through my daily life. Then I thought, hmm, I wonder if we can transfer this into other spaces. So what I do is I sit with people and organizations and I ask them, like, what is the voice of your organization? What about your own voice? 
how are you wanting to transfer that out to the rest of the world? We all are creative in some kind of way. So how are you supporting your staff? How are you supporting yourself? If it's a small church group or if it's a small group of you know, ladies who are brunching every week, what have you, how are you supporting each one of your voices to be collectively healing and giving health and wellness out into the world? And so we do that through creative writing. We do that through expressive writing. So I give simple writing prompts such as, if you could be free, what would be the free thing that you would do? And then we come back and we share and we look at the connectedness of our stories. Like what does freedom probably mean for Ceylon? What does it mean for Terry? What could it mean for our business? What could it mean for our small group? What could it mean for Birmingham, Alabama, the rest of the world? And then how do I now come in and take some of those uh, you know, freedom mantras that we have just created and model it for the rest of the world, for my business, as well as for myself? Um, so we, it's really like a creative exchange and we use writing as a tool to exchange that creativity that we all have in our hearts and minds and souls. Yeah. So I know many people go, oh, I can't write. Right. How do you address <laughs> that when people come in? Oh, I can't write, you know, and the other <laughs> one is, oh, I'm not creative. Right. Both right. of those come forward. <laughs> Aren't people surprised by themselves sometimes? Very surprised. Most I tell people writing hurts. I know it really does hurt. I, I, <laughs> Sometimes and I write with and I work with like, like you know schools and third graders and whatever and they're like oh Miss Green writing hurts it really really hurts my hand you know and I'm like I know it really does hurt shake it off and let's write some more so I just acknowledge it with people like mm. yes it is something that is intimidating something that we probably were told early in our school experience that we can't write or that it's hard or that we aren't creative or creativity is only going to be a visual art or painting or something, you know, that sort. And then I really just break it down into really micro steps of saying, you write every single day when you sign your name. You write every single day when you do a list for your, to the grocery store. You write every single day when you're giving a little note to your son or daughter or to your husband or wife and say, have a good day. It's, you can write. And also breaking it down about creativity. Creativity is, comes in so many forms. We are math smart, right? We are um, spirit smart. <laughs> we may be nature smart. We might be, you know, pet and doggy cat smart. You, we have so many ways in which creativity plays itself out in our personal lives. I just ask you to catch where it um, plays out in your life, catch a hold to that and take a hold to that and really believe like, oh, that's okay for me. So my job really is to help people take a deep dive into their emotions, take a deep dive into who they are themselves and to give them like these micro uh, pep talks on like, you are creative. Yes, you can. You can use these steps to move into the next spaces of creativity and writing in your life. Yeah, I love that micro pep talks. That's really cool. Because sometimes it does take that. I know I used to say, oh, I don't know if I can write, I can write. But actually, when I came back to Birmingham in 2012, I'd been in New York 35 years, all my education, raising my children, came back here to help my parents and my business really in spiritual development. Like people like, what is she doing? Right? <laughs> what <Nobody>. you doing? <laughs> like, well, I do that too. Or I don't talk about it. Right. Here I am, big mouth coming back, Reiki, energy talking. But my business pretty much fell to the wayside. Like I had phased out of my regular, I was doing photography mm. in New York, phased that out because I really was, this is my passion. This is what I wanted to do. But it was 
writing a book through writing and actually tapping because I use emotional freedom technique, but it was tapping and then writing, tapping and then writing. And really during that time that was so difficult, I actually did write my first book. So it was very (laughs) therapeutic for me and it got a lot of messages out. And then it helped me to even use that as another platform to stand forward. So I can definitely really can relate to just getting the words out. I love that idea though. It just hurts my head. It's so hard. It's like picking up the phone, right? Or making phone calls, like same idea, but there mm-hmm. is so much to say. And I will say that through writing the tarot deck, through getting up early, cause I use that like 5 a.m. hour to get up early and write. I really recognize that, you know what? I can write. There are a lot of things that I write. I generally do a lot of emails and posts and that kind of thing, but I still keep a journal and I still keep writing. So I do love it. And I do think it is something that does take a little guidance. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't you find right. that once people start working with you, do they continue mm-hmm. on? I mean, what have you noticed with that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, I, I really believe in community. So my practice and my my whole business is really a community-based business, a communal-based business. Like there's really nothing we we do alone, even if we are alone, that we carry the community with us. So I tell people, I'm here to help support you. Uh, absolutely. There's no grading. There's no red marks that are going on your paper. There's no judgment. I'm here to steer you away when there is self-judgment. So it's that community that comes. I've had people that I've worked with since 2016 who are uh, every single, you know, once a week we come together Mm -hmm. and we write, you know, I've had people that kind of stopped and they come back and they've had traumatic experience in their life. I'm like, I just need to write about this cancer. I just need to write about my mother who died during COVID-19. So many people isolation. So it's like, I wasn't sure what it is that I could do. So I picked my journal back up when I was a little girl or when I was a little, I had a journal. And then now I just finally just picked another journal back up and I want to see how I can gather that. I'm working with a wonderful person. I work across the globe. So I'm working with this wonderful person who's in Toronto, Canada, who wants to write her story. And it's like, yes, you can write your story. And so we are working together with her imagination and actually handwriting it and saying, let's handwrite it like a note to yourself. So yeah, it's, uh, you can tell I'm very passionate about guiding people, very passionate about helping people to just tap into their spiritual self, take hold to a community guide and let's together gather around the pen and let's write together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Uh, first off, let's talk a little bit about judgment because I know for myself in college, I took a poetry class and I, I remember yeah. getting so much criticism. I stopped writing <laughs> so poetry, much criticism. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was the way it was given and it was made mm-hmm. me feel like I wasn't any good. And so I totally stopped writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's like an imprint I held and had to really work on that. And finally, one day it's like, you know what? I can write. I can write. Right. But that criticism can turn people off, you know, and they get those check marks on the paper. So I love that you offer that without that kind of judgment and people can come in and have that freedom. So I think yes. that's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think we liberate really- ourselves from the, the judgment of our past. So part of what I do is hope people like liber- so many different ways that we can't really get to the writing until we begin to liberate ourselves from the judgment of, of being creative, the judgment of what art is supposed to be in society. Like I have a degree in English from a liberal arts college. And yes, for four, for many years, I didn't, I didn't write. I didn't want to see an essay. I didn't even want to even hear anyone say it because I was a little traumatized mm. by the whole idea of, you know, I wasn't as good as other people, or this isn't something that could be published 
in a, in a traditional standpoint. And oh no, poetry, the snobs that were in poetry and the type of poetry you're expected to do versus just using your creativity and, and rhyme or rhythm and those kinds of things. So I use my personal story and vulnerability to bring into the work that I do into my business and to my consulting with, with people to say, yeah, I too understand what you're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so important. And then people get criticized for grammar and even that in itself, like punctuation stuff can close people down. Right. I, I had a VA. She was awesome. She worked with me for so long and now she's in law school, a little too busy. So she would do all my copywriting editing, like my typos and everything. So now I haven't found anybody to replace her. If anybody's interested, let me know. But I haven't found anybody to replace her yet. And I get a little bit leery of that, you know, like the punctuation and the spelling. It's like, finally, I say, OK, enough, Terry. Your message is what's important. So I have to kind of like let some of that slide in order to get the message out. And I think that's OK. It's like forget perfect, right? But it can inhibit others as well, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's progress, not perfection. And like you said, you might need support to get someone to help you with that. But at the same time, it's the message. Yeah. It's the message. And then we do the little mind shifts with that to say, okay, and social media too. It's like, oh my gosh, someone's going to read this and my punctuation wasn't correct or I didn't have the right comma and those kinds of things. Sometimes you just have to get it out there. Get yeah. it out there, get it on the page, get it in on the on the post, <laughs> you know, get it out there out of your heart and uh, really just be proud of yourself for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. And, you know, and there will always be somebody that will email you back, said, oh, you misspelled this or you did that or, you know, it's <laughs> like, OK, just stop. Did you write it? <laughs> creativity to put the project out there. And so sometimes you do have to let that go because it can be a limiting factor in getting your work out there or getting your allowing yourself to really do that. I remember because one of the things I've done recently for that whole thing to counter that whole idea of poetry, I did a 21 day kind of a spiritual healing. I do these 21 days. And so this one was personally for me. And so every day I do my meditation, do my breathing and draw one of the tarot cards. Like, okay, what is the message I'm working on? And then I would write a haiku, right? Yes. And so at first I was just writing from what I remember, 575 or whatever. And then I started looking up what actually, like, oh, I didn't mention the, the season I did, but I didn't let it stop me. I still kept writing and writing and then just trying to learn a little bit more about it. But it was quite profound and quite healing for what I was going through. And it really helped me to kind of get in there in short amount of words, which I am right. pretty much of a quick read, but in short <laughs> words, get the expression out. So I can appreciate that too. Oh, wow. That is such a great example. Such a great example. You just got started. Yeah. You just got started. And I really help people realize that writing for yourself is just as important. Like the idea of I'm going to journal for myself, the idea I'm going to do poetry for myself, the idea that I'm going to do morning pages or morning messages for myself. The whole thing of writing for yourself uh, self uh, brings that self-confidence. And then it also is something, self-care for yourself. Like when I think of self-care, the first thing I think of is writing and walking and writing and walking. Like I'm writing for myself. So thank you for sharing that. That's what I want to offer the world is, it doesn't mean that this is going to go to, uh, you know, the New York Times. This doesn't mean that this is something that you're going to necessarily get paid a whole lot of money for. But writing for yourself is just as important. Like you're worth it. It's self-worth um, yeah. writing for yourself. And that's where the healing aspects come in. Yeah. Right. 
to mm-hmm. be able to express it, whether it's a trauma, whether it's an illness, whether for me, it was just trying to figure out where I was in my life, you know, like, oh, I don't know where I am. Let me just write about it. Right. But I think this is what those means of expressions can help us do. And I do other forms of creativity, but there is something really unique about writing and being able to, it's kind of like even just that voice, that opening up, what is your truth? Right. I think mm. and you mentioned that before. Do you know what is your truth? Do you know what mm. is your word? Like, I think that really helps us to really find that when we do spend some time writing and expressing in that format. Mm-hmm. The authenticity of your voice. Sometimes we hear everybody else's voice around us besides ourselves. Yeah. So sitting and writing in quietness or stillness allows us to kind of become companions again with our own voices. Kind of reshuffles the deck, you know, just reshuffle the deck and say, okay, I'm on the top, I'm the top card (laughs) that I'm looking at today. Not in a selfish way, but kind of in a wish way, like, and then writing to yourself or writing about, like you were saying, where am I in, I am in life? Where do I want to go next? You know, what am I thinking about? And those kinds of things, get back in touch with your own voice. Yes. Yeah. And I love that the authenticity. And I also do that whole idea of like, you hear everybody else's voice inside there, but where's yours. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so important. You know, it's like that empath that takes on everybody else's energy and then has low confidence because they can't figure out their own energy or, or the person that rather go out there instead of coming in. And it does, it's quiet. It brings you within. And that is truly a way to do some healing. I really love that. I really love that medium for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can always go back you know, weeks later, years later, and look at what you've written and see your progress. Yeah. To me, that is so important. Like, you know, the number one thing in, in everything that we do in business is outcomes and how do we measure that we're really making a difference and, and we're really successful in those kinds of things. Same thing yeah. for our lives. Like, you know, how do we really measure or see ourselves, the growth of who we are? Well, if you journal and you keep that journal for a week, you can like read back and say, well, last week I was thinking about a haiku and this week I have written five, you know, <laughs> you know, or written one, or at least I have read a book about a haiku, about haikus. You know, you really look back at your writing and you can see your progress. And then that really gives you more confidence, but not only more confidence, it also begins to kind of, once again, get into the expressive mode of healing those spaces that you maybe didn't even know needed to be healed or even needed to be touched in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I have so many journals and it's funny to see how long I've been following my purpose, which is very interesting. Like, oh my God, I've been talking about this for that long, you know, (laughs) but I do, I think that's really amazing too, to do that. And I will say, I have a really funny story. When I was going to start these tarot decks, I'm like, okay, I've got to find a journal, right? And like, I know I have one around the house somewhere. I'm sure there's one I haven't used. And I'm looking at like, I think I remember this one journal. So I had helped one of my students in a Reiki and writing workshop. So I was supporting her there and she'd given everybody these beautiful journals. And so I had done a little writing and I'd already written the first book. I'm like, I want to write a second book and I haven't really written anything So I wrote out and when I went to find that journal, I pulled it out, was red and on the spine, it had those rainbow colors, had like a rose embossed on the front. And I opened it up and I had already written the story of the tarot cards in that book. So there was like three or four pages I wrote on. She gets out of the water, out of the shower, kind of following up my first book, Confessions of a Shower Tower, right? She gets out of the shower and there was the whole opening to the deck. Mm-hmm. That was really amazing. Yeah. Well, that is so amazing. That is yeah. so amazing. Yes. 
Yeah, it, it was right is, there. Yeah, right there all the time. Yeah. I love that. I loved it. So maybe my vision was so far out, but it held the space and I found it like, oh, my gosh. And then I used that journal to write the whole entire deck, which is really funny. I don't think I changed much of that intro at all. I went right from that intro when you open the little book that comes with it. Really fascinating. Yeah. So lots of times when I get into channeled writing, I'd say, like, don't read it right after, like with my students, like, okay, close the book. Don't read it and then come back in an hour or so and then go back and look at it. Because sometimes I think in the channeled writing, when you just let it stream through, it can be a tendency to judge it for yourself. So it's like Mm -hmm. close the book, come back later. Then you can see the messages as they come forward too. yeah. Well, something I do is called writing to heal, which is a big, you know, program out there. And I went through Duke University to get coaching on how to do this process of expressive writing where we're using emotional release as a way to support our writing and in our writing life. And it's called Writing to Heal. And a lot of people are Writing to Heal facilitators. I've been a Writing to Heal facilitator, I don't know, maybe four or five years. But part of the Writing to Heal work that I do, and everyone's like, oh, I want a Writing to Heal workshop. I'm like, okay. So it's really not so much about the writing. It's really reflecting on the writing. Mm-hmm. So it's you, you're coming in and, and going through the stream of consciousness, the free verse, and just writing what have you. And then what I usually do after that is as a trained you know, facilitator is ask you to now reflect on what you have written. Put some emotions to what you have written. Did it make you sad? Did you see joy? Was there happiness? Was there melancholy? What have you? Then I ask you to go back and then read it. And then go back after you've read it to reflect to see if your emotions that you thought you had actually matched what you read. So just like you were saying, yes, the step away a little bit from the words and from the grammar and the punctuation and the judgment of the writing and actually reflect on the process. That's the healing. The process of what I do through literary healing is um, really reflecting on the process of how the writing is helping support you through your daily life or helping support you through every process that you're going through your life. But we oftentimes don't have time to just reflect. You just sit and just reflect on it and give that reflection an emotion and then allow yourself to take a deep dive into what that emotion is. Um, I work in different populations. I've worked with homeless. I've worked with populations with people who have been unhoused. I've worked with artists who are like, I want to do this. And I oftentimes tell artists, this is a time that's not about your performance Hmm. when you're coming in to to support people with any type of creative release. This is a time about the process of how others are able to process what they're doing through the medium of visual art, writing, poetry, et cetera, et cetera. If you aren't able to do that as a performer, as an artist, then please don't go into any spaces if you aren't able to process yourself and you don't have tools of reflection. Yeah, that's just... Such an important thing. I just love it. That's such an important thing. First of all, first and foremost, it's like we have to notice what we notice. I use that term all the time. Notice what you notice. We have to notice what we're going through. And many times people don't do that. They don't process what they've been through. And then, as you were saying, like reflecting on what you wrote and the reflecting on the emotions and then how that each of that layer. Oh, my gosh, that's just so healing, taking people deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's coming from those few words or that concept, that paragraph. But look look how much it goes through and look how much you're guiding them through. I love that. I just love that so much. Yeah. And it doesn't take, like you were saying, it could be like one sentence. You can yeah. like 
write about your weekend. You know, this weekend, you know, I went for a walk and I, you know, noticed that my dog went a different way and I let my dog go the opposite way that they've always gone. And then it's like an aha moment when you really reflect on you're in a time of your life where you're letting go. You know, mm -hmm. you're in a time of your life where you're more flexible. You're in a time of your life where you're actually following energy or following spirit. You know, so it it takes some time to get there. But that processing, I think, is very important. Yeah. Oh, I agree. One hundred percent. I really do. And I think that that's just such a part of the healing process because we start kind of on the surface and then we go a little deeper and then we go a little deeper and deeper. And then as your spirit grows into that, then you go deeper and deeper. And it is all a process. I know as you're saying, it's like, yes, that process is very, very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is where a lot of that healing can open up and come forward. Now you did mention your community groups that people, do people come together? How do you, how do you do your groups? How do you, do you have an ongoing group? Tell us how you work. <laughs> Tell us how you work. <laughs> well, several ways that I'm working now, I, um, I sometimes have ongoing groups, but I also reach out to people who would like to start an ongoing group. So if you are part of a community, whether that is faith-based, whether that is service-based, whether that's just a group of women who are just like, yes, this is what I want to do. I help you start your own community and your own group. So part of my business is helping support people and finding a community, bringing the community together, formulating that community around, you know, weekly writing or daily writing, whatever you would like for that to happen. So I'm the one that is your helps you uh, get your group going and those kinds of things. So I've had so many groups in the past, everywhere from what I call red couch writers, going back to where I would sit with, you know, for my healing on the red couch, I would help people come together on a red couch when we were in person. And I did that in many spaces during uh, the pandemic. When I was online, I had many uh, writing groups around global racial healing. Um, we're now going to probably have one that's coming up in a couple months where we're writing more on global racial healing. Just the, it's endless of how I help support people in doing that as well. I also am an artisan resident at UAB, which is a hospital here in Birmingham. And I support people in using their voices to hear their lives through poetry who are in the hospital or in the healthcare setting. Right now I'm doing this poetry project called the Good Listening Project, where I'm a listener poet, I'm a certified listener poet. So I sit with people or groups of people and I just listen to your story. And then I go back and write your poem. Oh, then so I give it to you. Here's your poem about your story. And I do an audio for you. And um, so that's my new project now. I'm right now doing that for the hospital, but I'm also I'm looking at ways to bring that into community. So if anyone is interested in having a listener poet session where someone listens and then gives you a story, a poem back about your story, you can most definitely contact me. That is just beautiful. And yeah, congratulations on that for being at the hospital helping because listening is such a big part. I know as a spiritual counselor, like listening is the first thing they teach us. You know, <laughs> are you listening? Right. It's really more about listening. Yeah. So that is just beautiful to feel heard and loved. And then you then you turn around and give them something of a reflection of their own heart. How beautiful. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How beautiful. Yeah. So in all that you do, what are you most passionate about? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Huh. I'm most passionate about community. I really think I keep saying, I say this to everyone, like we are not lone rangers. There's absolutely nothing that happens outside of ourselves. If we want to solve this whole issue of racial reckoning, this whole issue of listening better, this whole issue of isolation, it's really building community communal practices 
And community is one or two people gathered together as witnesses for one another. Really? That's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about foraging spaces where we can witness one another through listening and creative healing. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And having mm -hmm. that support and that connection with each other. So needed right now. So needed for sure. Yeah. Right now. I mean, good community is good healing. Absolutely. Right now, knowing that we have that support. And like I was saying, some people can get intimidated. Like, I'm not sure, you know, I'm an introvert myself, so I don't want to live with the people I'm going to be with. <laughs> Let's be honest here. No, I love Let's that too. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm like... an introvert too. I mean, as much as I love talking about my work and very passionate about spiritual development, I, I enjoy being on my own and out in nature, especially right now. Right. right. I really do. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I hear you on that, but I do think coming together because I know when I do get out mm -hmm. support is like, yes, I'm right back. I just recently started teaching yoga again after the pandemic yeah. live classes. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it feels so good to have that group and to be around. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. We do need it. And we need to share what we've been through these last couple of years and then Absolutely. use creative forces for new <laughs> inspiration. There's yes. definitely a renaissance of energy in the creative arts coming forward. I can feel it myself and all that I do. And I've even been questioning myself too, like, okay, what is my creativity right now? I know I, I make jewelry and I do a lot of things, but like, where is that force for me right now? What is it I want to create with my hands? I do a lot of energy work with my hands, but I'm also you know, I got to do this all the time, right? Maybe, <laughs> yeah. is, is the, maybe actually that writing is that. Yes. I have to look at that a little bit for sure. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So where can people find you? Do you have anything going on right now to send people to in terms of a class and online, anything like that? Mm -hmm. So you can find me at theliteraryhealingarts.com. That's theliteraryhealingarts is my website. And you can most definitely book me there. Always can email me at salomgreen at gmail.com. Right now, what I have going on is the listener uh, poet project. So that, of course, is happening at the hospital, but also it's a community project. So if you email me and you would like a listener to listen to your story, that is absolutely what I'm doing. I'm also a consultant for individuals, organizations, and small groups. So um, if you are looking for someone to consult with around arts and creativity and innovation and health and wellness, I'm your woman. I'm the red couch. I will bring the red couch to you or we will find ways to consult. I have a consulting business. Literary Healing Arts is a consulting business. And so some of the spaces I consult in besides UAB, um, uh, hospital as an artisan residence is with the Black Belt Community Foundation, which is in the uh, in Selma. I also have uh, worked with Alabama Humanities Foundation. Um, I sit on the board for Alabama Arts Alliance, so I do some work with them as well. I work with Offender Alumni Association and doing storytelling circles with uh, former offenders. So I have a lot of places where I am consulting, but I'm also open to bring what we have just talked about to you um, as well. So yes. That's just awesome. I'll be sure to put the links in there for people to find you. That's just really awesome. It's very inspiring. And even just talking to you, it really has me like thinking too, like, wow, there's so many other possibilities out there. There's so much infinite potential to really tune into when we open up that awareness. I really love that. Yeah. And all right. And I have to mention our mutual friend, dearly beloved Michelle. Michelle oh, yes. Holmes. Yes, she's been on the podcast. She is awesome. One of my students. I know that you two are connected as well. Do you yes. are you working some work with them or you do some pop up? Yes. 
Yeah. I have done some some work with Michelle. Absolutely. Dear friend Michelle. So it's more of a friendship where we have done the global racial healing. Um, her um, heart's ease, uh, beautiful business and spiritual practice has supported the global racial healing as a platform to hold some of my community organizing and some of the community sessions there as well. And we have done many things together in community. My whole thing is friends coming together, forging together and building community and facilitating and leading together as friends. And Michelle has been one of the great friends along with um, Lucy from Kenya and others as well. Yes. Yeah, so, definitely yeah. give her a shout out. Love her dearly. Yes, yes for sure. <laughs> yeah. So as we come to round out the show, I always like to come back and ask this question. And we have kind of talked about it, but just to leave our listeners with an uplifting thought, how do you feel that the work that you're doing through your literary healing arts, your spoken word, your poetry and writing helps to empower the spirit, especially right now? Mm, yes especially right now, I think our spirits are primed right now to be inspired. And by being inspired, I simply mean by actually being touched towards the spaces in which we feel whole, well, and ready to go out into the world, wherever our worlds look like, and really make an impact on humanity, even if it's our families and even if it's ourselves. So for me, my work through poetry and through all of the things that I do, uh, humanitarian work, all those things, the way that I believe that I'm really empowering the spirit right now is to help people to see that they are capable in using creativity as a way to heal their own lives. And that I believe is the conduit to go out and to do the next right thing for themselves. I believe that I'm supporting people and living it wholly for themselves so they can live it wholly for other people. I love that living it wholly for yourself so they can too. I love that. You know, it is so important and crying to be inspired. I agree. And using creativity to take us forward 100% for sure. And be truly that dynamic soul of who we are, who we've come in to be. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We can use our voices to heal our lives and those heal voices go out to support others and using their voices to heal their lives. Yeah. Let it spread for sure. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Terry. Yeah. I love Great being with you. Yes. I love the work that you're doing out in the world. Every time I see you, hear you, even in person, I was so glad to see you in person recently at a Momentum conference. So I've always just enjoyed the work that you do and admired it from afar. So thank you for having me and blessing the world with your beauty and your spirit. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you mm -hmm. to your spirit. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Have a good one. Thank y'all. Yes, our spirits are crying right now to be inspired, to be whole, to be ready and well to make an impact on humanity, especially right now. So reach out to Selam. Maybe it's time to sharpen your pencil. And reach out to me if you need help in getting started on your spiritual journey. Schedule your spiritual upgrade call with me and let's talk about how these programs can help you. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Tarian Hyman. To your spirit, namaste.